You're about to listen to a WRVU Nashville podcast. Did you know that you can listen to our podcast on your iPhone? All you have to do is subscribe to WRVU Nashville podcast on the podcast app. Hey guys. Um, So we're going to talk about the XX latest album today. Um, And just to start things off, this album has obviously been praised again and again by pretty much every single music site that exists. Um, And so now we're going to talk about it here on WRVU Nashville. And instead of quoting like Pitchfork or Stereogum or any of those, we're going to start by talking about what our friend Kathy said on Facebook. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah, she said, it was a foggy 1 a.m. when, all of a sudden, through the streetlights in front of Krispy Kreme, the transcendent vocals of Romy Madley Croft came streaming down as an undeviating satin ribbon shooting straight into the silver, I think she means, no, silver, sliver, of my being, rendering me absolutely useless in a transfixed human ball of emotions and actual tears for 39 utterly ethereal minutes of my life, at which point we went and did it all over again. There's nothing more important than this album. And that's captioned baptized by the holy xx so that is some high praise and (laughs) some very high praise the highest praise i've ever heard honestly um and i i liked this album uh i liked it i thought it was good it's called icu if i haven't said that yet um and i just don't understand why it's getting all the praise that it is i think that jamie xx is an amazing producer and he's amazing at what he does But I'm here with two people who probably would give it as high praise as that, right? Yeah, the sliver of my being would say so. Yeah? To the sliver. Silver? Yeah. I might be a little more reserved. A little more reserved. Mm -hmm. So I guess that... um, What I want to ask you guys is why is that... Do you have, like... like, Yeah, start us off. Why why such high praise? Uh, I'd like to preface uh, what I'm about to say with the fact that I'm a fairly new listener to the XX. Um, they've always kind of historically been one of those bands that I, you know, have wanted to listen to. People have told me to listen to. I've gotten some of their music on mixtapes and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd always intended to listen to them. And mm-hmm. I finally got around to it recently enough where I have some context to listen to this album. But again, I'm not like a diehard fan. Um I thought it was an interesting new direction for them, uh, and I thought it was (coughs) perhaps a little bit more bold uh, than we've seen them do in the past. Um, What what struck me about it um, was, you know, even starting with the title of the album, is it's a lot, at least for me, it felt a lot more personal uh, than mm-hmm. the other albums, I see you as opposed to the XX or Coexist. It's it engages the listener a little bit more directly. I felt, um, which I thought I thought really worked for them thematically. Um, I, and like, let me know what y'all thought about this. But I felt as though for once we were kind of listening in on like almost an argument, like mm-hmm. between you know the male and the female. It it seemed like like a breakup was occurring. Mm-hmm. The previous albums to me felt a little bit more like, you know, we're 
we're listening to someone who's dealing with, you know, whatever, whatever sadness or whatever other emotions they're dealing with. Right. But with this album, I felt like we were in the thick of it, uh, which, again, I, I felt like made it thematically a really powerful album. Uh, if we want to kind of delve more into the music in a bit, and I'll let you all do your kind of theses first. But um, <laughs> I felt like, uh, you know, I think the the word NPR used was color. You know, they kind of added a new dynamic to it, um, which, again, I would be reserved in praising. Um, I think musically, I I might prefer Coexist as an album. And again, we can get into that more. But that's sort of my general opinion. I thought, you know, it, it was more grounded thematically, and I thought they, they tried new things, which generally was, you know, the right move for them to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's great album art. It's definitely some kind of veiled confrontational thing, um, which I think is awesome, definitely. Um, Paul, did you have anything that you wanted to say about that? Well, let me start off by saying that I feel like I know a lot less about music than you guys do technically. and like Paul just, is I, our resident non-WRVU <laughs> member of this conversation. <laughs> and I haven't had that much practice in like actually discussing music and like voicing my opinions about it and you were very articulate uh chris oh no paul you're but yeah oh you're sweet but anyway (laughs) um i just the way that i would describe how i feel about this album is just excited um just because there was um there was some anticipation to it that i that i sort of got caught up in in the wave um just because uh the the queer presence, I guess you could say, that the that the XX has. Um, and I guess, like, the band has talked about on Instagram, how, how much support they've gotten as queer artists, and because I'm gay, obviously I'm, like, super into that. But anyway, so I got excited about it, I guess you could say. The album art came out, and um, I just thought it was a super cool continuation of a theme that they've, that they've sort of replicated over and over again. Um... And I'm very visually oriented. So basically, I guess you could say on a surface level, I just got very excited about the album. And then um, when I heard it, uh, the first the first like interaction I had with the album was actually pretty dang poignant for me. Uh, <laughs> because... Uh, Pronounced that way. Poignant? Poignant? Poignant. Poignant. Um, See, I don't see. I don't know how to discuss things. I'm right, learning that, something new every that day. That yeah, worked exactly. flawlessly. Exactly. I'm glad you said it. That um, uh, well, anyway, the point is, uh, I watched um, the video for On Hold. Um, was that the one that you showed us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just this really cool. I watched video that with Paul that, the other night. Yeah, that's filmed in Marfa, Texas, which is the same <laughs> town that. Um, you some you guys some of you guys may know has the like fake Prada store in it as like uh, I don't know as some sort of art installation but that's mm-hmm. it that's the way I knew Marfa beforehand and basically you guys should definitely anybody listening to this should definitely watch the video it's so, a cool video so a you know what I'm talking about and b just to, like get your own uh, opinion about it but basically I watched the video during a time when I was on a break with my boyfriend. And it was sort of like everything was up in the air because um, I didn't know if we were going to get back together or not. So obviously the queer element once again plays into that. And there's, um, I guess you could say, uh, a little bit of homoeroticism in the in the video, which frankly was really, really cool to me. Um, 
But uh, I think emotion is something that the XX really, like, just tickles a lot. I, I don't know if they're um, so... Well, you guys have told me, and I've, I've seen for myself, they're not so fabulously technically, like, technically great, but just they have this way of tapping into emotions, mm-hmm. and so... Um, and it just... The, the emotion just, like, overtook me while watching yeah. that video for many reasons, and it was just super cool. And um, it applied to me on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of feel bad. I guess I haven't done my research well enough. I haven't seen the video yet, uh, but I'd be interested to to check it out in the context of, yeah. of what you were just saying. Uh, so I'll it's it's a good sure video, definitely. And that was the first song I'd heard from the album because Paul kind of like we were talking about the the other night. Paul and I and like a couple other people were hanging out, and I was like. Why, why is this album so great? Like, why, why is everyone praising it so much? And Paul showed me that video, and it is a really cool video. It's kind of this, like, moving picture of drifting youth in a country that they're not native to because, you know, they're British and mm-hmm. takes place in Texas. And, um, you know, it's just, like, this ensemble cast kind of, yeah, with these, like, undertones of homoeroticism. And it definitely makes a statement, um, if a subtle one, and I think it's effective. Um definitely yeah yeah just like young i mean of course you guys once again watch the video but it's just like young love and then a point an interesting point that you brought up was that they're they're british so obviously they didn't grow up in marfa they didn't grow up in the united states mm-hmm. and so they're sort of like transient mm-hmm. presence in that town yeah but yet still definitely. being so involved in that town um speaks to I think like how how life changes so quickly and how people come in and out of your life and once again um if you do a little bit of reading on the album in in general uh it's they took a five-year hiatus did I pronounce that correctly yes (laughs) and uh one of the things they emphasize in in the interviews that they've been doing for like press for the release of this album is that they just sort of like drifted in and out of each other's lives over those five Mm. years um but at the end of the day, just were found that it was just as easy to make music together right. um, over time, no matter how much no matter how much of it has passed, and it, and bringing everything back to me and my my uh, experience that I'm sort of the lens I'm sort of experiencing this album through is gives me a lot of hope because because like people come I'm saying mm-hmm. people coming in and out of your life is something that I think this album. Yeah. represents to me and hopefully like I'm able to reconnect with right. my boy like somewhere down the line be it in a whatever capacity mm-hmm. yeah you and I, I think that that kind of transient element is something that a lot of people it's one of those things that's like both specific to you and universally applicable so you can extrapolate it onto your personal life pretty easily and I think that's probably the reason that people consider this album so effective exactly and um but I guess my, my question is like what is what differentiates the XX from other queer artists? I mean, they're obviously really, they have a really different sound from like Lisa Prank or Power Bottom, but I mean, like Adult Mom, they're like, they're queer artists that I like, I really love. And I feel like they do a lot of what the XX does, but better. (laughs) And so I sometimes wonder, and I feel like in obviously like, like Frankie Cosmos, and I guess this is kind of dated, but King Cruel, they're two like minimalist artists who I love as well. They're obviously not um, like queer artists, but um, so it's kind of like a different a demographic shift. But I wonder why their sound is so much is differentiated so much um, to get this high of praise by like pretty much everyone. 
I actually was unaware of the the queer aspect of their music as a whole. I I was completely, you know, I I just didn't see that lens. But what I think is interesting about differentiating them from their peers, for example, um, they went to the same and they met and founded at the same school uh, together as a lot of other bands like Hot Chip, who happened mm-hmm. to be one of my favorite bands. Um, and speaking to kind of the transience that we were talking about, about both kind of the way they view relationships and just kind of in the sound of their music, I think it's interesting because supposedly Hot Chip, you know, felt very productive when they were at this school and they learned a lot from what they were doing there. While the XX in an what interview... School was it? Sorry. Sorry? <laughs> what school was it? I think it's called the Elliot School. Oh, um, interesting. I, I just read <laughs> about it trivia. briefly. As I was, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess Hot Chip felt that the what they learned there made them more cohesive musically and supposedly the xx felt that they weren't really learning much there and they felt that kind of the mm-hmm. the more um kind of the more cloistered environment wasn't particularly helpful to their music making ability so i think kind of that aspect of the way they kind of different differentiate themselves from kind of people who are in similar situations to them uh you know, I, I guess that probably speaks to them just overall doing things in, in a different way from everyone else. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, want, I think that if you want to talk more about the music technically and how it sounds, uh, something that um, is, I think, one of our friends pointed out, but also I've noticed, too, is that their songs, It's the album I See You is definitely a cohesive unit in and of itself. All the songs fit together really nicely. It's kind of its own little puzzle. But at the same time, I feel like something is kind of lost on me because I don't know where the hooks are sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes that can be done really effectively. There are songs that have no hook and are linear or, um, I don't know, even if like elements of one song are transposed onto elements of another and it kind of is cohesive in that direction that's different but I I feel like there's something missing here in terms of the absence of um, a solid hook in each song Mm. and it kind of makes me wonder in the end why does Jamie XX even need these people here and I think that um, Croft's vocals are really great I don't know if I could say the same about Sims, honestly. Um, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like Jamie XX as his own producer and his own artist is really incredible. And obviously he co-produced this album. Um, it was the main producer on it. So, um, and, and it sounds great, obviously, mm-hmm. because he's experienced and knows what he's doing. And there's a reason that he's famous, I suppose. But, yeah, so sometimes I wonder the absence of hooks and kind of what the vocals are adding, aside from just lyrics in general, um, yeah, what that kind of does for it. I think it's interesting that you bring up the cohesiveness of the album because based on what I've heard of the previous ones, I actually felt that this album was less cohesive than the Mm -hmm. other two, Um, which, again, doesn't necessarily have to detract from it, but I just, I felt like there was less of a, um, you know, uh, uniform atmosphere than the previous ones. I mean, it, it essentially starts with a, kind of a you know britishized dance hall track if yeah. you think about it um which you know for based on what i've heard of their their older stuff seemed to be a little bit out of the blue um and then you know later on on hold i think is a good jumping off point to talk about sort of the change uh, on hold you know uses a hall and oats sample which right. i you know i that took me a second to catch on to that because and i just i was so surprised to hear you know i can't go for that in a in an xx song 
Um, but what does that do for it? You know, I, and I think that's, that can be really effective, but at the same time, it's like, oh, wait, why is that there, you know? No, I agree with you. I actually, hmm. it, it didn't feel like it fit in the song yeah. to me. And again, it, it didn't feel like it fit in the album for me either. Yeah, it, and when, I, when we watched that and I heard that sample, and it's subtle, you have to catch it, but at the same time, it's almost out of left field and makes you wonder, are they doing this for a kitsch? Are they doing this to mm-hmm. kind of bring you in? Like, what is the effect of this? Why are you sampling this? You obviously... I, I, I assume that was a decision that Jamie XX made um as a producer yeah. or maybe they all made it and he put it in but that was a conscious decision and and yeah like little things like that i'm like what what is the purpose what function is this serving and it doesn't need to serve a function but at the same time if it detract detracts then it's kind of anti-functional once again i feel personally attacked about how you're saying how nothing belongs to this album just kidding no but um <laughs> i don't even know what i'm talking about but i think I'm not sure why or why those decisions were made, but going back to um, the pattern of sort of people splitting up and coming back together and splitting up again, sort of like an mm-hmm. amoeba, like dividing and coming back together, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think maybe all, all of the samples that this album uses are so just like eclectic that I think it's sort of... A, I visualize it as, like, the band members, like, going away, grabbing things and coming back with, like, pieces of puzzles that mm-hmm. that have either changed them or touched them in a certain way. Um, yeah, so I, like, I like that perspective. So, like, Hall & Oates, by all means, go ahead and do it. I heard, or I was reading about a sample that the, that the band used, and they, it was actually, it was, like, some some Detroit I forget exactly what it was I wish I knew what it was but it was like something made by this man in Detroit who died and his wife owned the the rights to it Mm -hmm. and so the band tried to use it and they actually they actually built a song around it but weren't able to clear it like weren't able to get the rights from it so um so it was just sort of a lost effort yeah Uh. And I think sampling can be really effective, and I think that there are times in this album that it is really effective. Um, but at the same time, if if a sample just kind of sits there, then, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a producer, but... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, to me, the the only thing that I really felt like I could connect, like, for example, the the way they tried to fit the, the Hall & Oates sample into... Um, into um, Unhold is the name of the song, right? Um, what it really sounded like to me was an attempt at the style of um, the Miley Cyrus sample in I forgot the Alt J song. Um, oh, I don't remember it. <laughs> uh, well, it, it just it's it seemed like that, but for some somehow it worked more elegantly in in Alt J's attempt than in. The XXs, which I, you know, I, I felt bad for because, you know, I was getting ready to love this use of, of Hall & Oates in this song. Right. But I I don't want to accuse the XX of this, but one thing that kind of occurred to me is that it felt like the things they were incorporating were a little bit more trendy than I would have expected yeah. them to use. Like dance hall, like we've got Rihanna and Drake doing right, that right. sort of thing. We've got, I mean, I... The first thing that it occurred to me again, going this Hall Note sample really and it works. Changed, I mean, yeah. it, it everyone felt loves like, this album, so it works, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it felt like you know, like vapor waves a thing right now. People really <laughs> love the '80s. Like, let's let's put yeah, in some. Yeah, let's Hall capitalize Notes. on that. 
and again, I, I, I'm sure their creative process is, is deeper than I, I was just giving them credit for instead yeah. of just latching on to, you know, trends. But that is at moments kind of how it struck me. Like, yeah. oh, these things are very fashionable right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't want to assume any authorial intent or anything like that. <laughs> but yeah. I think that what Paul was talking about in terms of the transient aspect and that as a thematic element, I think that that's something that they do very effectively, especially with that video and um, in terms of tying the whole album together. But at the same time, I think that a more effective use of their samples could have added so much more texture that would have made it that much more engaging to kind of enhance that transient aspect. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, that's, that's also a really nitpicky thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, as a whole, that's kind of my thinking on it. Do you guys have anything you want to add to finish up talking about this? Maybe, maybe those samples are transient in that they're, some there's a snippet of a song you heard on your way somewhere that you don't even remember where you were going um like your mom played it for some <laughs> reason once mm -hmm. or like it was playing at the mall or in the elevator but anyway look transience i think is very i think i think the samples can be seen as transient in their mm -hmm. own way so yeah I they're definitely subtle texture mm -hmm. i guess texture the texture you were referring to is there in in a way um i had something else to say but i forgot. oh um we were talking about uh trendiness and and um just like being part of a fad and actually i don't think you heard me that evening when we were jamming out to the album but i basically said how do you guys not know or because some of the people <laughs> in the room were not familiar with the xx and so i said how do you guys not know the xx like if it's if, like, you claim to listen to, like, indie music or, like, music, I think it's similar to like not cool knowing music. churches or Grimes or that kind of mm -hmm. artist, you know? It's, like, this genre, this subgenre of indie pop that... Or, well, what I was yeah. going to say is, like, how do you not know them? Because, like, they're, they're, like, the first step into, like, more... The less of the mainstream, like they're like my sister listened to them in seventh grade when she thought <laughs> she was like cool as heck. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I just think yeah, I think there's that that there's that trendiness there, and also, well, like I was talking about, they the band has a really big Instagram presence, and just in like all of the all of the magazines that sort of I guess you could say hipsters just like dive into mm -hmm. right away, like the top sort of top level ones. And I'm one of those, I feel like I'm one of those people because you guys are here talking about texture and like you've, you pulled out a whole Rolodex of queer bands that I just have no idea who they are. <laughs> and so it was just, it's funny because I guess I'm one of those more like topical level, like excited about just something, something like something there at all. Hence yeah. the Vans shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing a Vans off the wall. I know, and that's currently. that's incredibly important, honestly. I mean, mm. it's huge to have a major indie artist, if like or whatever you want to call them. It's huge to have a queer artist be so much at the forefront. I mean, that's huge. Um, so that in itself is important. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's, it's comforting. Yeah. Especially in terms of what's going on in the country currently. Yeah. And On Hold was actually released the day after the election. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm sure... It's and tough, that was done yeah. on purpose, so I'm sure... Yeah. 
I'm sure a lot of tears, first of all, were shed on that right. day for right. different reasons. Yeah. Many facilitated by or accompanied by the XX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything you wanted to add? Um, I just, to wrap up, I think they, they had a goal with this album. Uh, and again, I think it goes back to that transience. And I think they executed it the way they intended to. I thought it was a solid album. It wasn't as, you know, uh, earth-shattering for me as uh, as it was for, for the review we read in the beginning. Our friend Kathy. <laughs> Our friend Kathy. But, um, but I, I thought it was very good. I thought, you know, it gives you a lot to think about. And I, I really look forward to uh, many more listens to it. So, Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. WRVU Nashville. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to be up to date with all of the interviews we do with musicians, be sure to subscribe to WRVU Nashville Podcast on the podcast app on your iPhone. WRVU.